Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to keep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. Welcome, 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 welcome to the show with Joel and Ryan. I am Joel. And I'm Ryan. And we got old school original original recipe show tonight. Uh today. Tonight. <laughs> apparently I might be nice. Apparently, I have aspirations that this is somehow going to be a nighttime show for us. Welcome. Remember those? We used to do those. You'd come over and it was daylight oh, out. Yeah. And when we were done, blah, blah, blah. It'd be nighttime and you'd have to drive home. Those were the days. Um, <laughs> welcome. People came to visit me. Yep, back when we felt like our breath was not going to kill each other. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, hey, if it weren't for that, we wouldn't have you wouldn't get to see our pretty faces if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's true, and all those special um, guests that we've had—they've transformed the show. That's true. Somewhat. That's but true. Joel's correct. Today it's just him and me and you, and that's just how it's got to be. And and we thank you for letting us into your ear holes. And uh, today, yeah, today is just going to be. Um, today is your. It, we are a couple of rambling, rambling guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to be rambling in your ears about uh, a few topics that um, just came up. Nothing super specific. We're not doing double features. We're not doing a deep dive. We're not. We uh, are. Oh, we are gonna real quick do a, a, a sort of deep dive. In fact, Joel, if you have it handy, do you have the deep dive thing there ready? Sure. Yeah. We're gonna do a deep dive on the since it's Friday the thirteenth on the Friday the thirteenth movies. Oh wow! Okay, uh, hold on. Here we go. Um, all right, and here we go. And now, it's spooky Friday the thirteenth. Uh, here we go. Deep dive. They all suck. All right. Great. Um, and now we uh, moving on. Uh, we want to talk. Uh, let's give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Fred Ward, oh, who, yeah. um, who passed away. At the uh, end of from... my cheesy joke where you had to sit through the deep dive theme. But just have... to elaborate, just a touch further, Joel, before we move on yeah, to okay. Freddie. Yeah. There are no good Friday the 13th movies. I know you've heard me say it here before, but yeah. And people who sit around and talk about which one's better, which oh, they only can be talked mm-hmm. about relative to each other. Anyone decent who's ever been involved in one should be ashamed of themselves, and anyone who's known primarily for being involved in them can be completely 
artistically dismissed forevermore. Mm-hmm. They're crap. And unless and and if you uh, are one of those people that um, uh, you know, I know our our podcast is huge in Hollywood. Um, and uh, if so, if you are someone that has been uh, involved in those uh, films, um, fret not. Though we do not care for them, you will always have Michael Klug, frequent guest of this show, uh, and he will always he will have enough love for you for for all of us. Um, so, um, so yeah, so but it won't you know. change the fact that you were in a no, Friday no, no. the Thirteenth movie oh, and you're terrible. You're 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 not good. You're not good. Um, and that's you there know, have and, there have been some okay things come through that series, but right. I mean, terrible. Just it's just people lump it in with like the Halloween movies. The Halloween movies also, as a franchise, terrible. But mm-hmm. Halloween, first of all, was really good. It, it helps that you started with a decent movie that was mm-hmm. more than just barely competently made. Uh, you know, so you had a little something to build off of that series. While distasteful in how long and absurd and crappy it is still has highlights and things where you can say, well, here's some art art, something resembling artistic merit. You flat can't do that with the Friday the 13th movies. They are almost uniquely terrible. Every single one of them. Right. And if someone ever comes up to you and says, well, look, I have documents um, that, that prove that the Friday, the 13th movies are terrific. Let me just get my file. You respond with, it is not in the file. Um, right, on that note, <laughs> so Fred, uh, Fred Ward, Ward uh, Fr- man. Fred Ward was uh, in, in one of the, you know, he was. If I knew he was coming, I would have done week. the Friday the 13th thing afterwards, you know. I know. I Well, I I saw you go with it. I saw it happen um, in your brain. Uh, I didn't give you brain. any warning. No, you know, and I went with it and happens. I loved it. Sometimes tonally um, we're just not right. And here we and that's, one of those Well, moments. in this show, the, the, I think today's show, uh, you know, we're. I think that this is going to be a little bit more of, you know what, this is actually probably going to be a pretty good representation of what life is like with you and me when when we do hang out. It's pretty scattered, pretty random. Because we, we don't do around. deep dives and we don't follow an outline and we haven't yeah. really researched at a time. So you're right, it will be yeah, more like Yeah, so that. this is Maybe a little bit fun. more, yeah, the Maybe. podcast verite. But um, but Fred Ward did just die, and he's fantastic. He was really fantastic actor. Joel, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say we mentioned him last week uh, in Big Business. Uh, you know, he he's in that. Uh, he plays sort of the he's the country heartthrob of yeah. that movie, and um, you know, and he brings Fred Ward always brought. You know, he always brought a, a groundedness to everything that he did um you know I, I my personal favorite of course like many is the right stuff um he's uh he's tremendous in that um well and the right stuff's emblematic of the kind of work that he does he's so he really puts concerns i mean because he's had a lot of heroic roles and a lot of romantic leads he's really done all the work of a leading man and a character actor throughout his career, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Most most people don't get to straddle that line quite so easily as he did. Right. But, but, but the, you know, but the, like, like, I'll just say like Remo Williams. 
Remo Williams, the adventure begins. The adventure is truly dead now. That's really sad. Yep. I always kind of in the back of my head. It said the adventure begins. We got a shot. Maybe we'll get more Remo Williams. We right. will certainly get more Remo Williams in our uh, next HBO. Uh, I saw it on HBO episode. Oh, yeah. Um, but just to show that he could be the an action hero, you know, that had that could crack a smart ass line and could be full of confidence. But what he was really great at, and I, like I said, getting back to what you said, right stuff, obviously, is is leaving a certain sense of. I mean, he and I always loved this about guys who could do this, and women in particular, actually. And I always kind of talk about it, but he could. In that same way, like Susan Sarandon was really good at this, and some other actors, he could leave that mo- the movie star ego and the dignity at the door when he was working on a project, and so he he could really wear his without indicating all the time, which he really didn't do. He could share with you the 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 sort of short sighted, dumb, all the little. Th- you know, typically bad characteristics we think of a character that nevertheless make them come to life in a real human way. Uh, he's fantastic, and his whole little kind of featured chapter in The Right Stuff is so fantastic because we, we it, the film warns us that this is coming, and yet when we go through with it, we still feel yeah such sympathy for what... <laughs> yeah, happening. he and who she traveled that road with in that movie, right? Veronica Cartwright, another one who just is fantastic at that kind of thing. And so I love him for that. You know, he's got this line. He plays a dude in Thunderheart. He's got this line: the 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 act the Native American activism group is called Arm Aboriginal Rights, and he's just plays this jerk and he his line is yeah the arm's gonna be the broken arm and it sounds so stupid like he couldn't he has to make that live in reality in this scene but he just makes sure that you know how stupid this guy is and how we can now sort of because it's a very small part in that film where we can now dismiss him and everything he has to say going forward it's delightful. Like we yeah. talked about that he, when we had J.O. Sanders on the show, man, make the most of those moments. It's, and, and at least people like us will remember you forever because. Absolutely. And yeah, he had that great, I, I love what you just said and how he was able to straddle the line of like the character guy and, uh, and leading man guy. And, um, you know, he, he just had uh, an every man quality to him. Um I, he he always just seemed like, um, yeah. Like he he set aside that ego of you know oh I'm gonna act, you know of that the the prototypical artiste actor. Well, you just you want it's but more he seemed, than that. he felt like wanna... a craftsman. He felt like yeah. somebody like no no this is my craft. I do it. I do it well. I take it seriously. I'm gonna bring it. And um, I don't no I don't care if I come is. off a little silly or I don't care if I yeah. come off a little despicable. Like it it whatever whatever. And it it always worked with him because he the humanity even in the worst people he played he played a handful of villains that were kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the the humanness of them was never lost, and so there was always this reality to it that was always really really powerful. You know, it's not that 
it's not that you have to be undignified as an actor, but a lot of actors, you know, you'd see their performance, and they're not bad actors. Some really, really good ones just mm-hmm. have a tough time not being cool on screen. Right. Because that, <laughs> because that's sort of what they're hired for, and that's, you know what I mean? So that's what they bring to the party, and then the focus is all kind of on nailing mm-hmm. that aspect of it. And he just, he couldn't help but dig deeper in every performance. And it, he was a treasure. I mean, was this is a really, really fantastic actor, I think. Mm-hmm. Fred Ward, your adventure is now over, and we salute you. Yeah, for real, man. You will be um, you, 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 you know, you had more in you, but we're grateful for what you put down on cellular, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um. So today, yeah. So today, the first, uh, the first, well, the first topic that was in our uh, exchange, we've already had. Uh, where this is topic number three already for wow. the show. Um. But uh, one of the things that you brought up is is why we are always looking back on the movie show uh, on uh, looking back on our on our show. We talk about we talk about film history. You're not you're not tuning into the movie show with Joel and Ryan for breaking entertainment news. Well, you uh, you've we, probably we, seen either on the YouTube page or at Podbean or Apple Podcasts or wherever mm-hmm. you join us that this show is called. This very pretentious title, The Future of Cinema. Yeah, The Future. <laughs> so so you maybe tuned in thinking, hmm, I'm going to get some wisdom on the future of cinema from the guys who like <laughs> never talk about the future of cinema and only talk about things from 30 years ago. Right. Um. So it's a legit question. Why? Why? Why should we care what you think about this stuff? Or... And why do you do that? We talk about it from time to time. I mean, we touch on it. I don't know that we've yeah. ever truly discussed it. Um, we're we're historians more than we're critics, and we're certainly pop culture historians more than we're pop culture guys who are in the now. And yeah. you know, you're not going to get the latest on the the Johnny Depp trial or the, this kind of thing. It's right. obviously that's never going to cross our lips. Joel brought up some perfectly legit things we should be talking about on this show. And both of them, I was like, no, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> to be because... fair, one of them was not what we did not discuss pooping in a bed. Um, no, no, but no, we uh, did not. But yeah. we did not. But I just like, that's not in the file at all for this show. Cause <laughs> Partly because we want to keep things positive, but and and partly there's there's an ease to talking about stuff. Even last week in the chaos of the four of us bringing these unrelated double features to the party, they, there's a we have all this perspective. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. see what happens when you've lived with. A, in that episode's a great example where you can see what happens when you've lived with a thing. And it becomes a friend to you, and its flaws aren't important to you because you love this thing about it, right? right. That's the only right. reason I have any friends, typically. Um, it's because of that, whatever that is inside of us that is willing to do that. Um, and then you see where, where you drop that same old friend on somebody else who's never seen it, and they are reacting to it like it's a thing with you know in their current state and their with their current wisdom and and everything else and their current another real big factor i think is their current uh impatience with sort of having to watch things having to be assigned things and 
uh, I've eschewed all that. I haven't seen, I just haven't seen the big things. I do see them, but I just kind of do it in my own time. Cause the worst thing you can do is be like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go see Dr. Strange. Cause everybody's talking about it and we have to talk about it. I think you'd get a really rotten version of me if I did that just for this right. purpose. Right. So part of it is we talk about, we want to talk about things that we're are positive about. And mm-hmm. that positivity over time, I think, grows. If you're the type of person who who is willing to watch movies again and again and again, it, some people's like, "Oh, I know how that movie ends. Why would I watch that again?" Yeah, that's yep. a fair way to go through life. You're not alone. Our show's probably not ideally suited towards someone who that's their sort of audience type. But if, right. if you're still here, rah. And then there's just the ease with which you can talk about things that have already happened and have perspective. You know, you, you when something comes out, I mean, I don't remember that only one time do I remember a Star Wars movie coming out and the next day everybody hated it. And that was uh, um, Last Jedi. That truly, like, its reputation just hit bam, splat on the very next day. And of course not everybody agreed with it, but nevertheless, the conventional wisdom, the public discourse about it was established pretty much immediately. You know, when Phantom Menace, which everybody hated, some people just hated with all their black hearts for years and years and years. When that first came on, the reviews were positive. Everybody was sort of bouncing off the walls. This new Star Wars mm-hmm. and stuff. There were things we thought were annoying, but I don't. I don't think anyone were like, "Well, that you know, uh, that's a deal breaker." The way, the way these like snarky videos and stuff that came along later. But it's hard to criticize those because they did come along later. I mean, they came along with yeah. reflection. <laughs> you know, so they did. It didn't just jump right out of the cultural experience of seeing the first new star wars movie in 20 years or 17 years or whatever it was at the time which most of us were willing to forgive any flaws it might have because Mm -hmm. we just wanted to we wanted to hear that music again and see that light show again and i mean the film Mm -hmm. uh for better or worse maybe worse but it does provide those things we wanted our lightsabers yeah and uh, yeah. yeah, we didn't want uh, we didn't want every thing to be little physical comedy bits and stuff. And that that I think when you revisit them, that stuff really takes its toll on your tolerance for it. You know, mm-hmm. even when they yeah, we don't get into Phantom Menace. Sorry, <laughs> the future of cinema. We can rip on Phantom Menace later. Mm-hmm. That could, that's its own show. Um, right. but, but we are. My yeah, point is we. We we have perspective. These things yeah. have existed a little bit in history. We, I think we're better off talking about things. That's not to say that's the only thing we'll ever talk about. That's not true. But we're better off with a little distance from the thing so that we can organize our thoughts and not just have that, oh, my God. Because I think you really do react. You're, you're either really elated or you're really disappointed. I think you kind of can't react any other way to something that you look forward to and that you go out to see. And you need a little time to come back and say, oh, nope, that's a five and a half out of ten star movie. You know, it's not very good, Mm -hmm. but it's not complete crap. It's not complete crap, yeah. Yeah, Um, No, I agree. Uh, I mean, that's why why Siskel and Ebert with the thumbs up, thumbs down – 
Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, that is, that is like a perfect model for your, for if, if you just are like, oh my God, I'm so excited to this movie that just came out. Is it great? Is it, or is it, you know, am I going to, am I going to be a lot, am I going to love it or am I going to hate it? And that's literally their reaction. Then you go and you read their reviews where they've taken the time and put things in, you know, had thoughts and, uh, and, um, you know, organize things a little bit, then, you know, sometimes there'll be like a movie that they get that one of that Ebert gave a thumbs down on is actually like a, he'll give it like a five out of 10 or something like that. And, and it's like, Oh, well, no, it had, it had some good things. It just was a, in that moment, it was a thumbs down. Um, I think that we, uh, you know, you and I uh, and the, our friends who uh, are, we're fortunate enough to have come, join us when we have guests on the show you know we're also we're also people who we watch these movies we watch movies more than once and we willingly let them affect us and inform us as to who we are um uh, you know we we internalize these movies uh in a lot of ways um that that you know that that some people just can take it as an entertainment and uh, take movies as an entertainment or TV shows as entertainment and just be like, yep, that was great. That was fun. I'm going to move on with my life. Uh, we tend to, especially when we watch things uh, over and over, we we let them, they, they inform a little bit about who we are as people and inform how we view others, inform how we view um, our, uh, you know, our, our, sometimes, our, sometimes it can even affect our worldview. And that's uh, and to, and that that to to me that's one of the reasons why I like I've always liked engaging you in conversation is because we 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 can talk about we can get into the minutia of a thing but we can also talk about things in a very large umbrella and a very uh, big macro scope so um, yeah well, we uh, and we've done preview episodes in the past but we're we're not a very good hype show I would say yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, we, we I'm very, do that. I think I'm very cynical. This is just kind of leads us to our next thing. But I think I'm very cynical about. Uh, we'll see. I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, well okay. let's get into it. Let's <laughs> get into it. The next thing we're going to talk about is some of the things that we that that we have coming up. Um, uh, coming up in a few weeks, we have the six episode um, uh, special event on Disney Plus uh, of Obi Wan. Um, Ewan McGregor is back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. We even have, uh, um, oh my God, uh, Hayden, Hayden Christensen, Christensen um, back as uh, as um, Anakin, knee uh, Darth Vader. Um, and that will be interesting. We're gonna, obviously going to get a whole new slew of, of characters. Um, some, some really good looking... Place to see Darth um, Vader. I mean, we may really get something like we've never had before with him in this. Yeah, maybe not, but I mean, there's some promise of that. You know, what was Jesus like as a teenager? You know what I mean? That's right. That's, it just sort of answers that kind of. This there's no record of this at all. You know, even right. the prequels, uh, not really so much the sequels, but even the prequels, like a lot of that stuff we had leaked out. If you back in the day, if you asked George. Lucas a question he would tell you well, who, what's mm-hmm. the deal with Boba Fett and I remember this in 1980 before or 1979 before he'd even appeared in 
Empire Strikes Back either. He had an action figure out because he was yeah, in yeah. the he was in a cartoon in the Christmas special. So this is a, a guy that he had thought about already before we even really got to know him, which we really never did. But he's like, oh well, he's sort of used to be a stormtrooper. It's kind of complicated, but you know, you kind of find out. Like he just told you all this stuff and yeah. also i'm always like so he's like some rogue stormtrooper it turns out no he was the he was the, the he was a clone, the clone like all the yeah. same stormtroopers but he was one who was raised and taught in a different completely different setting and that's what made him who mm-hmm. he was he didn't go into all that but it that shit really did appear in the thing so i'm excited for obi-wan to the degree that i that i can be because I, you know, I like it. It doesn't have an adult rating either. It has like a, almost a kid's rating, which yeah is unique for a story like that. That lo- looks like it's going to be substantive and have you know a certain degree of action in it. Um, you, right. you guys, I, I, matter of fact, I don't think people have seen PG rated live action films in general very often. It's really rare that they come around. Correct, and Which, if they and if they are, they're so saccharine. Yeah, it, that um, that yeah. you're like, oh, this really doesn't have anything even vaguely objectionable in it. The PG yeah. rating is reserved for what used to be a live action G rating back right. in the day, and that's just a very uncommon thing. So this movie has that somehow, which I'm. That's almost more fascinating than anything because <laughs> it's it it can't get that dark if it's going to be right. that kind of thing. Which is fascinating to me. So you know, so I watched the Obi Wan trailer, and I've heard the John Williams Obi Wan theme. He took a couple weeks off between projects he's involved in, and wrote this little theme. And and Bravo to the I can't remember her name, but Bravo to the composer who's hired for that series to welcome that, and then to be willing to sort of build off of that themselves. Like right. Well, that's very cool because composers have their egos too. Believe me. sure and it's sure you know so you know so them saying oh it's it's like a john williams thing now and now you're just the person who adapted like she's a pretty accomplished film composer and so to be willing to go that way with it is very cool and yet Mm -hmm. and so then we get a little bit of both the old and the new which is neat so i'm not hey joel i'm not super cynical about obi-wan what do you think um well i mean i'm very excited about um I'm very excited for for Obi Wan. You know, this is this is my jam. I I love stuff like this. Um, I'm um, I, I wanted to just quick look up the music. Uh, Natalie Holt is the uh, composer for the yeah, series. Because uh, I read who, a neat little interview mm-hmm. with her, and she's uh, she's got it together. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I am I'm I'm excited uh, for it. It, um, it's, you know, it's intriguing. The last time we saw Darth Vader was uh, at the, well, I mean, so at the end of episode three is him going, no, which is one of, is a great meme now. And then we saw him, um, yeah, we saw him in, uh, uh, in Rogue One a little bit, you know, they kind of uh, embellished, I guess. Let's maybe is I don't know if that's quite the right word, but the that opening. Uh, yeah, we the, saw him. Where, we saw him rocking a dad joke. Yeah, <laughs> Rogue One. How dare you? How dare you have Darth Vader give some dude a pun at the end of his scene? 
<laughs> bad yep. on uh, whoever wrote that. By the way. I'm, I don't want to. It was a com- written by the committee, as they say in the Star Wars universe. So I don't want to. Yep. But uh, whoever um, did that, mm, boo. Uh, yep. That said, his the force of what it means when Vader's hunting you down at the end of the movie was very very powerful, and it's hard right. to argue that that hard to argue that eschewing. 20 minutes of combat on the beach for that wasn't probably a great choice that enhances that story greatly. But um, so, yeah, so I I think that there is the potential to do something uh, really intriguing. Um, And uh, you know, the, the, everyone who is, you know, uh, uh, what's his face. Um, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, the guy who's kind of in, in charge of all of this, uh, I mean, um, was a full, uh, I want to say Dave. Um, oh yeah. With an F. I can't What's find. Yeah. I want to say Filoni, but I don't think that's right. It's uh, close oh to that. God, why can't I cannot think of it? And of course, can't you just be like one of the first names here? IMDB? No, of course you can't. No, it wouldn't um, be for him. Even though he's beloved amongst fandom, you wouldn't find him. Yeah, I mean, he's. I would have given the Mandalorian Dave F, and you would have popped right up. Yeah, here we go, Mandalorian Dave F. Uh, Dave Filoni. It was Dave Filoni. Hey, you um, got it yeah, right. Yeah, so he's been. So he's been kind of, you know, he's been given the reins to. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, like our, our, a couple of our listeners probably screaming, going, "Gee, Dave Filoni, just say it. Um, move on." Uh, Dave Filoni, uh, you know, kind of given the reins to he, you know, to, to kind of run this extended, expanded universe of Star Wars, um, and make sense of it all. And he's done a very good job of sort of keeping tonally things, uh, uh, kind of. It, it, he, yeah, he's he, he, I mean, he did a really good job with Mandalorian and scaling it way back and keeping it really, really simple, and yet making sure he was creating something that was really mm-hmm. entertaining in, in all the base ways that you would want, you know, to get the wit back in the thing without all the barrage of nonsense. Like he just quieted mm-hmm. things down. I, that's what I really like about Mandalorian. Anyway, there's a couple episodes of Mandalorian where you could literally like, you could not hear what people are saying and you can follow it kind of perfectly because it's just this great, visual yeah. storytelling that has this very simple things about it. I don't, you know, there's complex characters and some tough choices in it. So I don't want to say that gets overly simplified, but it really is a simplified thing. And then yeah. I think the Boba Fett show was tougher because Mandalorian really is the Boba Fett show. I, I felt like what, that was weird that those were their first it, two shows. Right. It's a guy in a Boba Fett suit. It's not Boba Fett. You've solved the, how do we do a show about Boba Fett problem? Basically. In an right. ingenious way. And then for your next thing to be, oh, here's a Boba Fett suit where it is Boba Fett and the Boba Fett suit felt anticlimactic to say the mm-hmm. least. In comparison, it suffers by, it's not crap, it just suffers by comparison. And, yeah. and this, but this will be different because this is a really important character in a really important position of lore. You know what I mean? It'll be, there'll be, it, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's an adult and a philosopher that's a force user in the story it will not be able to have that easy charm and he, although i'm sure it'll have plenty of humor it won't be mm-hmm. it won't be able to fall back on those things the way mandalorian does and that means that that's the challenge of the thing 
So I'm excited. And the fact yeah. that it's more family friendly than any Star Wars thing we've had in ages just seems crazy to me, but I'm very excited about that. Right. Just because, right. wow, that's different. I mean, that really, it may seem like a small thing, but it really is different. These no, things I, have gotten I, darker and darker kind of as they've gone on. And this, right. And I think that, that, and it seems like that was, you know, and it was a very conscious choice. That was something that, uh, you get the, that Ewan McGregor, you know, that was something that was very important to him that, um, these sort of maintain. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a ton of star Wars properties in the pipeline. Um, and, and, and so it is, yeah, I mean, this, this universe, uh, the star Wars universe is, um, is immense and not everything is going to, is going to hit. Uh, but it, you know, this one, um, Obi-Wan in exile, like when they just said that from the get go, uh, when they, when they just said, these are some of the things we're going to be working on. I mean, that just, uh, I mean, some people are like tattooing again. I mean, I get it, but, but I, yeah, but no, for sure. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm with, now that I share his hairstyle, I'm with John Williams. You know, I, Oh, you're doing what I'll, uh, if you want me to be a little bit a part of that, I'll set aside a little time yep. for you. You know, yep. that I'm willing to do because, you know, I know that guy and I never really wrote him a thing. And I kind of like to try if you don't mind. And right. of course they said yes. Yep. And then, um, and Star Wars Ahsoka has started filming. Um, and I'm, I'm I don't know Ahsoka very well. A little, just a little uh, bit from the chit chat, but I don't watch the cartoons. So. I, I, well, there was, um, I had done a couple overnight editing gigs, um, in this past in the, during, you know, at the height of the pandemic where there were, where some, some shows and stuff that were set, uh, or, you know, some, some conferences and stuff that were on British standard time. And, uh, so I was staying up all night. And so as I was editing stuff or while I was waiting for files or waiting for files to render, I just would, I watched the, I watched a lot of the Clone Wars series. Um, uh, that's where she's really is the big star. Yes. And she, and the character is really great. And so then when we, uh, see her again in, um, in the Mandalorian, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson playing her. It's really fun um and and i'm i'm excited to see what they do with that and, and uh, what's uh, the other one that's imminent the the one with uh what's his face from rogue one um yes the um uh, his, uh, the name of the character i believe they're called yeah andor and Di- andor diego yep. luna. diego luna um yeah and we have you know we have a lando series is in the works we have and then we have some other like Stuff that uh, one that's going to focus on droids, one that's going to focus uh, one uh, the, the acolyte, you know, which is going to be all you know, uh, a dark side of the force stuff. Rangers of the New Republic, which I want to say has been shelved, but I think that might you know still have life. Rogue uh, one or rogue rogue squadron. rogue squadron. Yep. Um. So we have all of these things in the pipeline that that you know that hopefully they'll all be great. The star Wars universe is a fun universe. I mean, they're not all going to be great. They have but... a movie problem, you know? Yeah. The star Wars really does work best on the big screen and in a two hour and 10 minute chunk. And mm-hmm. they're, they've not nailed that yet. And it's, that's annoying. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if these series can be the best of event series on TV, then it's hard to complain too much while we're waiting sure. for them to solve that. Because to be uh, fair, that's a that's a 
that's a tough nut to crack. It really is hard. They had all yep. they had everything in those Abrams films, and they had all the old legacy characters, everything you could want. They still just they just kind of effed them all up, and and I mean they didn't make bad movies that were hard to sit through, but they made movies that feel in retrospect very very disposable even compared to certain mandalorian episodes and that's that's what happens when you try and make something for everything that's why this sort of cinema is difficult it really is because how do you put your own stamp on something that it has to appeal to everybody or you can't justify the 400 million dollar budget it's tough but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here's a few more things along those lines that are coming up, Joel. What's next? Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have anything? I mean, we have, a, in terms of series, we have a TV series coming up, House of Dragons. Uh, you know, well, I'll do Game House of, of Dragons and because they're coming out at the same time. And um, the, the uh, Rings of Power together. Yes. Because I, I'm, I'm such a, this is the way and one of the ways. Oh, geez, man. One of the many ways in which I'm steeped in ridiculous geekdom is that I really, really know a lot about what's going to happen in House of Dragons and what's going to happen in... And I think even more so I know... I think it's me and, like, Stephen Colbert and, and, and like, a couple dozen Tolkien scholars who really can just see an image of something from that world and go, Mm -hmm. that's that. And just know right away, oh my God, they're going to be talking about that and just get super, mm-hmm. super excited. So I felt like that with Wheel of Time. And then uh, they they managed to uh, just kind of go, you go, oh, they're going to do that. Oh, that's so great. And then when you watch it, they do it. And you're like, oh, okay. Wheel of Time's problematic because people are super into it. And if you're a fantasy writer, it's really, really good, but it isn't that good compared to the mm. great fantasy stories of the world it doesn't okay. rise to that level at all and it it suffers from that let's just do it forever like he just really never had an end game in mind or if he did right he skipped over it for the money and now you've got this big bloated thing that's like it's impossible mm-hmm. to imagine them getting anywhere into that series but that yeah. but you're right the series isn't bad though it's it is sort of wheel of time in the way like a tv show would have to be and it looks great it's got good good actors and such but mm-hmm. i'm sorry just it's that's just not, it, it does not rise to the level yeah. of martin and it comes nowhere close to the level of tolkien it just doesn't and how could it? It's not really yeah. fair. But a lot of people do treat it like, oh, it's that. And I sure. think I think when a when some billionaire someplace decided, oh, I'm going to spend trillions of dollars on that, the thought was it was going to be that kind of property. And it, I'm sorry, but it just isn't. So, right. That, that's that's nothing against Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time is what yeah, it is. Yeah, and we'll I, you I know, and it, we'll I see that we get more. I hope we get more, and maybe they'll they'll you know they teased us with what uh what the what the next series will be um with it and that uh you know maybe they'll find it maybe they'll find their legs i think that you know there was a tone problem with the with the first series of it so let's let's uh, you know obviously i'll watch it i i i'm i'm a sucker for it but let's talk house of dragons house of dragons and, uh, real quick because we'll get a, get our chance to talk about that oh, yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. i'm sure but house of dragons real quick the thing that's fun about that trailer is is it is sort of it is stodgy when you spend too much time with the Targaryens, especially the Targaryens of old who were in power. It's heavy, and they're from old Valyria, and they're just these mm-hmm. very 
serious and somewhat dour people, but when you see, especially, uh, just they only, I don't think they even let her talk in the trailer, but the shot of, um, uh, what's her face from, um, Olivia, from, there's so many Olivias now of her generation. (laughs) Olivia Cook. This is Olivia Cook. Sorry. Thank you. Yes. Olivia Cook. You know what I mean? There's a lot of them. There really are a lot of them, and they're all pretty great, actually. <laughs> um, but Olivia Cook, oh, who I really think is great, and seeing her with that dagger, that storied dagger that traveled all over the place in Game of Thrones, um, as Alicent Hightower, like, come and, de- and kill somebody. It was really exciting. Like, those are the sorts of things where it's like, even it's really exciting if you don't know what the hell's happening. If you do, mm-hmm. it's just, it pushes your buttons, you know. The it, I, that should be good. It should be really good. I know people are like, I don't want more throne, more Game of Thrones, and this if this series has a pitfall because they were trying different things, and the only thing that really took off was let's jump back two hundred years and do more Game of Thrones. That's the project that actually happened, and it really is very similar to, in look and style, and even in the timeline of the universe. You know, it's mm-hmm. years and years beforehand, but it's not that many years and years beforehand the houses the way the kingdoms divided up all that stuff is the same religion is changing in the world but it's going to feel very similar but maybe that's maybe that safe bet that they took is isn't so bad maybe that you know because it really is compelling stuff the the targaryen civil war uh, the dragon starting to die off and the desperation that that causes. It, it's all very, very exciting stuff. So yeah. I, I think people are going to like that. I hope so anyway. And Rings of Power, which they've barely shown us anything. But yeah. I, I just can't tell you, because that I just can't tell you how much cool stuff they get to cover. The weird <laughs> rule when they agreed to do Rings of Power was they they the the prequel if you will or the big historical compendium to the lord of the rings you know middle earth universe is called the silmarillion and the guys who have the rights to this do not have the rights to the silmarillion and the tolkien estate would not sell them the rights to silmarillion so you couldn't just and silmarillion is a hard read because it's a, it's a historical tome it's not an adventure you know like the other things are um but but what they were able to do is anything that was mentioned in the Hobbit books or the Lord of the Rings books, which they already wrote, even if it was just mentioned in passing, even if it was just something on the shelf when Gandalf was walking by to get something else, if yeah, yeah. You, you could take that, that you could talk about in your story. And that's a challenge for them to... But they, what they realized was, boy, there's a lot of... There really is a lot of stuff that we're open to mm-hmm. hear and and I just think unlike House of Dragons which I think even though you're going back to a time when the Seven Kingdoms were full and at the height of the Targaryen dynasty and such um, that's what the, the, the Rings of Power is going to be as well but I think that's going to just take people uh, I think that's just going to sweep them away seeing the all the minds of the realm with the dwarves, like, you know, as this powerful race of people, um, the elves who are not leaving and going away and you can have it. 
Uh, they're mm -hmm. building cities and they're innovating. I mean, it's just really, really exciting. And yet something, and yet there's a, and this is the part you should be the most excited about. There's a new character, female character, who's tasked with investigating some strange goings on. And even though I think we know what that stuff is, I think you'll be, I think if you don't really know about the Lord of Gifts and how the rings were forged and all that, I think you just, you're in for a stunning ride if that show does that correctly. Certainly all the resources in the world have been dumped on it. And I, that, that work is so rife with potential for adventure and the writers when to hear them talk about their approach and what they're excited yeah. about, it will, it should excite any Tolkien fan. I think it, I mean, yeah. It, or any fan of high fantasy in general. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, these, the, uh, you know, George R. R. Martin, uh, you know, he obviously, uh, heavily influenced uh, by Tolkien and everything, but but these writers uh, like Tolkien, like Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, and all that. I mean, this was good fan. We've talked about this before. Really good fantasy spends time and uh, and is very um, exact about its world building, and this is where we kind of get a payoff on that is. Um, we get this, you know, we get this world. I mean, it's kind of kind of ties back to Obi-Wan and some of these other series that we're going to, you know, good fantasy, uh, you know, it has a creates a living, breathing world that then you can explore and say, OK, well, here are the sort of the, the givens of a world or of a universe what stories are there within that, that, you know, like you said that, Oh, Hey, they make a reference to this, this thing. What if we explore that, you know, and, and we get a little bit of that in the star Wars universe too, with many Bothans died trying to get us this information. And then we get rogue one out of it. Um, but this is, this is world building at a whole nother level with uh, Tolkien. Sort of. Rogue and, one didn't and, have to do with the Bothans, but. Well, you, but you know, uh, um, but I'm following you. No, that yeah. Uh, sorry, not Bothan. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, uh, my that was that was Return of the Jedi. Sorry, my that was inner Return geek of the Jedi. couldn't let that slide. No, I conflated. I conflated <laughs> Mon Mothma. Hey, two, with, no, uh, two very very important missions about two same Death Stars or whatever. That was sort of a misstep. Nope. But I get what you're saying. I'm sorry. Nope, I apologize. Sorry, I, I, I no, I conflated the two. Uh, I conflated the two uh, spy. It's it's no, it's it's but, a couple um, sentences yeah. in the Rogue One is a couple sentences in the opening scroll of Star right, Wars. That's the first it. Movie. Yeah, that's yeah, all it is. Thank you. That's yeah, that's just, all it is. They just show you that. that and they Rebels went okay. Had, we had have their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire, and uh, and there are there it's they've been decanonized. But if you want to learn more about the Boffins, man, the stories are out there. Those um, furry faced sneaky little bastards. They. Uh, <laughs> We have them to thank for freedom in the galaxy. Of course, then is. all the same things happen again because that's what right. happens when you want to make... J.J. Abrams says, that's what happens in the world, but that's what happens when you want to make trillions of dollars and not come up with an original idea on your own. Right. And you're... Yeah, yeah. There's... That's a different show. Um, but um, so, yeah. And then, so we have, you know, we have these exciting series coming out. We also have some, you know, the continuations of, um, of some pretty big franchises um, with 
uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, and the with the Marvel Universe continuing, and we is have Thor. Fine. Thor's coming out soon, right? July or something? Yep, July. Yeah. So and we what's have after that? What's the big thing we're building to, or are we not building to anything? We don't. In there, well, in the MCU, there isn't really. Uh, it's not known what the next big thing. I mean, the 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 the, the big thing is it, it will be some sort of Avengers like uh, event. But I mean, we have. We have, uh, I believe, right before Love and Thunder, I think we get the uh, Miss Marvel series on Disney sure. before, uh, and we, we meet, apparently, I have not seen it yet, but we Already meet, blow um, back on Miss Marvel for not doing her big hands and big whatever, big Great. Um, but we uh, get, <laughs> yeah, we um, get, uh, we meet her in Multiverse uh, of Madness, she gets a series, then we'll get Thor, Love and Thunder, Um but we, um, but Miss yeah, Marvel's I, fun. That's a character I like because she, she is, she yeah. is this sort of, she's, and then we'll get, she's got a lot of interesting powers and stuff, but she's like this sort of weird wannabe, which is not a place we've spent much, I think, in the MCU. Yep. Not much. And we'll get, uh, and we got, uh, the next, um, what's the next big movie after Thor? Probably uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Is that due out yet this year? Um, that... uh, I'm trying to find these. I'm trying to find these things. Damn right it, Joel! I want talking. MCU answers. I and know. I am unwilling I know. To tap a couple of things on my phone. Do so. <laughs> um, uh, I don't really I care, just... man. I'm just trying to. Know, MCU stuff's happening. Guardians. Yeah, it's been a long. Uh, wait Guardians of the third. Galaxy. Um, so, but we have, uh, let's see what's coming up here. We have, uh, you know, we just had Moon Knight, Doctor Strange. Eternals uh, parts two through seven. I know everyone's Yeah, we'll see what, yeah. Um, boy, um, let's see. I'm trying to find some, uh. But there's some Guardians in the Thor movie, right? Those are. Linked. Well, briefly. Yeah, briefly. They, they, because when we last saw Thor. Um, he was with the Guardians of the Galaxy. It looks like they he gets dropped off um, because he's he's done with his fighting. But of course, you're never done with your fighting. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, let's see, Marvel movies coming out. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have we have. Let's see, Wakanda Forever is in uh, production. Uh, Craven the Hunter. Um, I think the next big uh, Guardians three uh, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is set for twenty twenty three. Um, the Marvels, so it looks like we're gonna get um, uh, you know Ms. Marvel. We, there, there will be this. Let's see, yeah, kind of forever is scheduled to come out later this year. Quantum Mania later early this 2023. year. Yeah, that's what it okay. says. Well, that's a big. That's a big uh, that's, one. Let's see when we find. Uh, let me before I said, let's find out. Yeah, this was updated four days ago. So, a, a uh, Black Ant-Man Panther less Wakanda movie is a huge creative challenge. That'll mm -hmm. be really interesting to see. So, Guardians of the Galaxy three is going to be is will start the the summer. Uh, okay. Quantum Mania all the way to next yeah. summer. I wanted Marvel's, to know what was coming oh, out before and then, the end of the year because I figured there has to be something on this. Schedule. Yeah, there, so it's Thor, and then uh, the next one, uh, November 11th, should be Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So nice. we'll we'll see we'll see what what that does, and then we'll get over the winter. We'll get the Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, so yeah, so I mean that the the Marvel Cinematic Universe still churning along. We'll see what we get TV series wide um, that that 
ties into those things. Um, but we did get our first look at the finally, the long-awaited, somewhat anticipated. Spoiler uh, alert for St- Doctor Strange, right? Is that what you're about to do? Spoil a little bit of it? No, I was gonna get. No, I was gonna talk about well the trailer that appears before oh, sure. um, before, before is Doctor before, Strange yeah. um, is uh, is Avatar. Um, oh yeah, a- Avatar Water World. I want to say um, <laughs> the I Way of Water. I typed up the outline. I just made up no, these titles because uh, I didn't. Want Avatar to the Way of Water. Uh, yeah. So we have um, yeah. So we have. We're finally going back into that some, world. Some people are going bonkers over that trailer. I, they are. I don't. Okay. It bodes well for Avatar that they are because when it's I watched so... it, I was like, oh, wow. But at the same time, it's like, geez. Although it's just a teaser. It's a, it's a, not even a trailer. It's It really doesn't show you a lot or even give you much of the premise. But it, I did have that reaction. Of, oh, there's one of those creatures and. Oh, look, there's one of those kinds of helicopters. Like, I saw the Mm -hmm. shit that we've already seen before. And the problem with Avatar is, from a world-building standpoint, there's tons of details. Like, they've really thought about how all the plants work. Everything. Like, they've really... All the tech in it, everything has been engineered or, you know, created from the ground up, which is why they wanted to do more stories. But the story for Avatar, and I was very defensive of it at the time, but the story for Avatar is the same as... Fern Gully, and it's the same as Dances with Wolves, and it's the same as every jungle adventure you've ever seen. On purpose, it's a, it's an archetypal story, mm-hmm. but you can't just keep doing that same story anymore. You need a story element that takes you somewhere. At minimum, you need, uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean sequels like thing that gets us going someplace else from a plot point, and I, I the teaser. It doesn't want to reveal that to us, but I don't even see evidence of that at all. It really doesn't. But, it, it, this movie can't be the people are coming back with more stuff and we have to fight them again. If that's all it is, we're in yeah. real that's trouble what we're, from a narrative That's what standpoint. we're told it is. That's what's being said right now. And it's just like, that's, what? That's, that's not that's enough. That, no. Uh, you, because certainly visually, not, yeah. visually dazzling you know i mean it really yeah. does look amazing but it and, and and is that you know and but that's <laughs> you can't you can't you know you can't just hang your hat on that like see this because you're not going to believe what you see and it's like okay look at that that's great wow look at the detail on a, that cgi a decade of of giant massive cg motion capture you know you just you got to that's fine, but you you the story has to land, you know. Yeah. J- James Cameron's a really gifted filmmaker, and his stories, you know, are are whatever they are. But none of them are as sort of simplistic bedtime story as Avatar is, and it just you have mm-hmm. to. Although you know his Terminator sequel is incredible, it literally is just do the same movie again, but just change these things, and now it's awesome. Yeah. I, you know, so he. Aliens is kind of the same too, so he could do it. But boy, yeah, aliens. We'll aliens is like the first movie. But what if we add more aliens? What that, if we that S did all the work? You know that really did. Good. Yeah, it did. Uh, it, it yeah. All I'm saying is it. 
from a sequel standpoint, he, he's got it in spades. He yeah. really does know how to do them as good or better than really anyone who's ever done them. So right. I, I'm still giving the guy the benefit of the doubt, but I just right. I, I want to believe that he's. I saw entirely great. repeated themes and motifs and visuals from what we saw all those years ago, and and the MCU and these long form Game of Thrones has been part of it. These other things we're talking about, they have. Uh, you can argue with this bit or that bit, and you can be disappointed with this episode or that movie. But in the end, they've created this ongoing, constant, like feed directly into your brain of narrative, narrative, narrative all the time. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to take a step back into a simpler archetypal storytelling. I just think that's really going to be tough. I don't think that will be enough for... Of the type of fandom that needs to drive a big expensive property like this but we'll see right um yeah so it'll be very interesting all right uh on air production meeting um we uh, do we want to talk about the streaming model or do we want to jump into trends <laughs> well i had a, the big the big heart of the show is going to be let's talk about all this stuff like let's talk mm-hmm. about all this stuff and what this stuff is doing to cinema and what it even though we just hyped a bunch of it up because we're just nerds like everyone else we just want to see right you know we just want to see whatever uh i can't yeah. remember anybody's name well, we just want to see but... what the new fantastic four is going to look like you know we're, we all have that in us for sure um mm-hmm. i watched a movie before we did the show today it's called uh three monkeys it's a turkish movie uh, actually, my boss gave it to me. So if you if you don't have a cool boss that gives you awesome movies to watch, then, <laughs> then at least in one way in this godforsaken world, I have one up on you. Um, it's by filmmaker. I got it sitting right here. Sorry, sorry everybody. Nuri Bilga, uh, silent Turkish guy. Sorry, that's I butchered that name. Um, and uh, and it, it's from. A, few years back now it's 12 years old ish 14 years old something but it's a modernish you know in the 2000s sort of movie um and all i can say after watching that is i really i almost recommend you don't watch good movies because this that movie was so lyrical and so cinematic and so visually stunning and so quietly sad and intimate and so desperately human in a way that all this crap we're talking about, like, just can't, it doesn't even approach anything resembling something that reflects the pain in our world. And even you can try and do it with metaphor and you can try and do it thematically, but none of these giant escapist tales, they're all just big, bloated, expensive turds compared to an actual powerful story about a family or a person. Mm-hmm. I just, and I was reminded of that. I, I didn't do that on purpose. I just have to give this back to him at some point. Um, it, so when we talk about the future of cinema, what we're talking about are these giant properties and these huge, you know, everybody's looking for the next big streaming thing that drives an entire streaming platform. So when I talk about the cracks in the streaming platform, it's not that streaming's not the thing. It is. It's the 
it's that all these corporations have hoarded all these little things and everything that they've begun is meant to go on forever and keep earning them jillions of dollars. And it has that sort of uh, financial and, and long-term ambition to it all. And what you're just not getting, occasionally you do get one, uh, right? Coda won the Oscar for Best Picture. So it's not like it doesn't happen sometimes. But even Coda which is a wonderful human story, is made somewhat like a television show. It's not a terribly cinematic thing, like the way something like Power of the Dog is, which everybody watched because it had a big movie star in it, and, and, and most people hated because it just didn't entertain you in any sort of way that a thing that you're used to. Things just desperately clawing over each other to entertain you and dazzle you, and... And that's sad. These these things, I say it and you feel it, but it's hard to articulate why. But the, these things are at odds with each other directly. In a way, the need for content, content, content means that these subtle stories are still getting told. So they're out there. There may be even more of them out there than ever. That, that part is true, and I'm grateful for it. But but it's it's... What's driving that even isn't, it's not coming from a place of you're, you're a magician, you're an auteur, you're an artist who has something to tell us about the world. You've written this thing, we can apply a budget to it, but we believe in the thing itself. That's not happening when mm -hmm. everybody just wants to own everything. And everybody, you know, like the Terminator sequels, like, deliberately spelling things weird just so they can own the name of the sequel like that that approach to storytelling yep. is absolutely taking its toll out there mm -hmm. without a doubt and it is it's it is even me it is it's it's closing my mind off to 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 other things and to things that confront the horrors of life a little bit if not more directly than that, at least just acknowledge them, the world that we live in, which I don't think are, are fantasy epics, even the ones that take place in present day, frankly, uh, even are, are sort of deliberately ignoring those yep. things. And yep. I don't think it's helping us. We talked a little bit about a movie before. I'm not even going to name it, but because it was one of those ones I, I used my veto power on, but I get the appeal I get the childlike appeal to this thing that I'm not going to name, mm -hmm. but the human aspect of those stories literally are training us to not care about each other. Right. And I find that just really distressful because when I find myself really caring about people and occasionally really caring about people like us in the world, you know, that, that aren't from a different planet or aren't part of the ruling class of a feudal society, or aren't some super being. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it, it it's powerful, and it is being lost to a, a large degree, and more, you know, and, and then just on a base level. Even when somebody makes, like Tarantino made a Hateful Eight, and it, the details have come out. This was sort of a rumor that was going around at the time, but I don't, I don't remember what came out at the same time as Hateful Eight. Was it Force Awakens? 
it's not important. It was one of the Star Wars movies, and Hateful mm-hmm. Eight had this was a shot in seventy millimeter, so it was it had this big the arc like sort of Cinerama screen reserved for to play at least a month uh, during the holidays when one of these uh, Star Wars films came out, and Disney sent a letter to ArcLight and said you have to book us for a minimum this amount of time or whatever. And they wrote a letter back saying, well, we, we've made a commitment to this other thing mm-hmm. that we want to stand by. And they said, well, then we're pulling all Star Wars from all our light theaters nationwide. Yeah, it was Force Awakens. Yeah. It was Force Awakens. I mean, that's the other evil that's going on behind the scenes of some of this mm-hmm. stuff that I, I we don't all want to be... in inside you know uh industry insiders or whatever i'm certainly not that and not like tarantino it's not like it really matters to him his movie cost 79 million dollars too was that what you know it's not like that was some poor indie that got trampled by disney that's not really the case yeah but yeah but it was something different even on a large scale it was something different that 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 somehow some corporate person someplace in some tower somewhere was threatened enough by its being the exception to this broad distribution deal. Um, it, the, the more the people making the content control the what's in the theater when, they already control it almost entirely. But if they're really able to say, no, our thing, or or you don't get to show any of the types of movies that make money. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, that I was wonder- years ago, but that's really really bad news if you read between the lines of that story i sort of feel like i wonder if the future of brick and mortar movie theaters will be studio based and we'll get a disney movie theater that will only play that's how it used disney to be properties and we'll get a yeah we'll get it's, a it's how it used uh, to be but movie theaters are a bad theater. investment so yeah many, yeah that's the many thing. mall leases are are not good like there's a we lot just, yeah, yeah we just lost our movie theater. Yeah. We just lost our big movie theater here in uh, yeah. Grovetown. And yeah. it's a bad gamble from Disney's point of view, too, because they don't know if their people are going to keep coming to see their movies. I think deep down they think they probably aren't. I think they yeah. think they'll be the last ones to go. But I don't think they see themselves as, Joel, the future of cinema. I really don't. I think nope. it's let's gobble up as much as we can let's do as much stock buybacks as we can I mean, it's just like any bank or any other terrible corporation it's yeah any it's, oil it's, company they're all thinking with the same minds let's do mm-hmm. all this stuff to keep control to keep the money coming in uh the difference is where's the where are we seeing the growth and for the first time with netflix in particular but this is gonna everyone else is gonna follow suit yeah you're yeah. seeing growth decrease and you're seeing and even though they rule the earth and are extremely profitable, you're seeing the the stockholders, which is all that matters to a corporation, freaking out. You're seeing the stock go down. And that's – what does that mean for us on the movie show with Joel and Ryan? It just means the movies are – for the movie companies are the third-ish, fourth sometimes. Yeah. But typically I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say – third most concern on their plate at any given time. And that's, we're feeding that. We're feeding that. And we're not, we're not enough anyway, uh, feeding 
other things in us that are our willingness to be challenged by different things. Um, right. We need to we, get back to that somehow. You need to get back to the point where you can sit through uh, power. of The dog's a great example. It really is the best example from last year where you can sit through that. And even though it made you feel bad, it, you did, you didn't just immediately go online and dismiss it and warn everybody else not to watch it. That's yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Beha- that's bad behavior from somebody who purports to support art in any sort of way. Yeah. We're, I mean, I, not I, everybody's going to like it. I get it. And, yeah. and I liked it. So I'm defending it. So I'm biased. All of this is subjective, but, but it, that it's that sort of thing where it's like, what? Huh? Well, then it must be stupid or it must be wrong or it must have plot holes or defensiveness against something not just sending us to the stars every time we watch it. We gotta, we right. gotta lose that. And if you're a brave enough person to try something new and you don't like it, try and try and ask yourself before you start spazzing out, mm-hmm. what is it? Why? I mean, what yeah, was it trying to do and what did it do to me? And even if I don't like it, you know, am I, yeah, <laughs> Should I be so quick to dismiss it the way I would say dismiss all of the Friday the 13th movies? Correct. Perhaps you should um, not. Perhaps, right. it, perhaps it has artistic merit beyond those things. There is that. And and maybe, uh, I'm, I'm sure, maybe at some point, Michael, a uh, good friend of the show, Michael Klub, will try to uh, tell us why. Well, he's a um, horror fan. I watch tons of sci-fi yeah. movies are bad. But I, last week, just to defend myself again, when he's not here to argue with me, last week I put a forward a good science fiction movie. Maybe not a great one, but a good one. And to yeah. go back and watch it and go, the sets aren't that great. It's like, they're trying to show you what life is like in outer space. I mean, it's not perfect. You know, you've right. been spoiled. And you like a giant mountain of crap that reaches to the heavens. So have a little sympathy is basically my my guttural emotional reaction. Right, yeah. Because his, his criticisms were all fair and pretty much on point mm-hmm. as far as you know, their their content. But yep. come on. Yep. We love movies here. Watch <laughs> right. the movie for what it is and tr- at least try and love it. Well, yeah. And, and you know, where, where we are heading is we are going to continue to celebrate the small movie that somehow breaks through the din of uh, and, and this noise, breaks through the noise of all of these giant shared universe approach to intellectual property, you know, where everything is tied to another thing. And this is a thing that was offshoot of this thing and it's all connected and we're going to do this and yeah. and we're going to still celebrate we're going to celebrate those small movies and say see art's happening and yet uh and yet the model is still to create the noise well and and art is happening it's happening as a byproduct of 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 people of of timing of Netflix wanting to put out a, a new f- film every week, um, they need content and so they need yeah. smaller content. It's 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 the same people bringing along the festival films now as are making the giant IP products, and that is damaging and troubling. It is not yeah. to date affecting people who make small films certainly not small turkish films i'll watch every one of this guy's films because i was i was pulled over by it i mean and it's not the greatest movie ever so three monkeys is not like you need to watch this but you know this guy 
the person who recommended was, it to me, he he knew me enough and my taste enough to know. Oh, I know one you'll this, like. And yeah, he was, this is he yeah. Was here's right, a, here's right a movie that's rain. trying to say something. Yeah, here's a movie that's trying to say something. It's it's a different perspective. It's, a it's different what thing. it is. And, is it's and, letting yeah. it. What it does brilliantly is it lets life happen. It lets people happen. That is sure. not part of our storytelling. Our storytelling is absurdly even your best. Netflix show or your best serialized thing is it's absurdly manipulative <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and and there's that's a problem as well it's just it really wants you to do none of the work that's not to say you can't have an emotional reaction to like when uh, Tom Holland disappears as Spider-Man like that's that works that's emotional that's that's good storytelling you know I remember uh you know, he takes a little longer to disappear than the rest, and he's he's got his his mentor mm-hmm. holding his hand, desperately not wanting him to go. Like that's great, that's great stuff. Yeah. But yeah. but it it it's super. It's one hundred percent manipulative. It, it it requires nothing of you. It requires nothing of you because you love yep. both of those people because you admire them because they're the heroes of the movies. It's just tricky. Um, we um, got time. Get a get, let's get some trends in here so we can have a little fun. Okay, real quick, talking about something that that just because you mentioned this Turkish movie that was really cool. Last night I finished season one of Severance um, on Apple TV Plus, and uh, you I mean it, it Ben Stiller? You know, it's a Ben Stiller directed thing. It, uh, it tremendous, tremendous storytelling. I cannot recommend. It's bizarre. It's it's weird. It's I I like yeah. I loved Severance. Uh, it was challenging and. Uh, icky and wonderful and funny and it was all sort all of the good things. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a look at a couple of and it's trends. been renewed for the next five seasons. Has it really? It's oh, it was know. big it, for uh, Apple, which we kind of give credit for being as big as these other streaming companies, it isn't anywhere near as yeah. big as them. Um, for Apple, it was very very successful. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're, you'll yeah, get more it, of uh, that. Well, and it and it had a. Just a terrific uh, final up, yeah, conclusion for the final episode. Um, all right, here's a couple. Let's talk a little bit, a couple trends, maybe. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Sell, sell, sell. Bye, bye, bye. Bye bye bye. You this did is a big it. Victory for me. This is a big victory for me, listener. <laughs> Dear listener, this. Oh my God, I'm gonna I'm gonna be rolling on this for the next for the next week. That's gonna keep the you warm at I night. I did not for... screw that up. Nice. I did not come in early. I almost did. Like on purpose but i needed to have the win in order to do yeah then it'll, then when you f it up on purpose later you'll you it'll be you'll at least <laughs> have proved i can do it you know yeah you got to know the rules before you can break them screenwriting that's true that's true all right okay here we go to your Jamie trend tracker uh all right um long form whodunits that's all the tickertainment trend tracker was that long form whodunits no longer are we getting uh especially tv series um where for a while there it looked like we were going to have a sort of a a hybrid 
um, you know, like a, a season long arc, but then every episode would could still be a self-contained thing. Uh, we are doing now it is a, a full season of a show that you have to, you know, if you didn't watch the episode before it, you will be lost. Um, are you are you bullish or bearish on that? Bye, bye, bye. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, because um, I mean, everything comes at a cost. OK, yeah. so you I lament greatly of the mystery movie being just kaput. As in terms of something that penetrates um, the masses the way it used to back in the old days, I, I that makes me sad. Those are gone yeah, that, because that they're is subtle, a... subtle films and or subtler films. I don't know. It's not like murder mysteries with a detective or whatever back in the day, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. were you know subtle necessarily. They were the big movies of the day, not that long ago, not ancient history. That that's a bear market. <laughs> Yeah, so that's sad, but the the good thing is that there is absolutely still a market for it. It is in this different setting, and certainly, like, uh, what's the Kate Winslet one on HBO? We'll just use that as an example. Mayor, Mayor, uh, Mayor of East Town. Um, yeah, I think that's right, East Town. Um, but, but there's oh, Joel's right. There's dozens of these, and some of them are. Some of them are harsher and more culturally sort of relevant than they are, and some of them are very old school, where it really is just the tortured, brilliant detective. Like uh, Wallander is great. That that's, uh, was a trendsetter in this sort of storytelling, in fact. Um, but I, I love it because they are like murder mysteries. And one thing that the movie struggled with was, you know, when you're reading a murder mystery, maybe it's in first person, maybe it's whatever it is, there's a room for the character to matter in, in where in a movie that you, you you hope you pull off the essence of the character, but you really there's no room for them to breathe. They are what they're chasing, and and the, the greatest thing about the long form mystery series is that that you get you really do get both, and it shouldn't be at this point a burden for anybody to have to watch something that's serialized, and yet there's something really great about. Um, the, these mysteries when they solve themselves or when they resolve themselves. Yeah, you can have all these different novels with the same star, same lead, same detective, whatever, but they really do have a resolution that even something like... Uh, what's that great show with Elliot Page that's on Netflix? Uh, the Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. Well, that's, mm-hmm. fun. Well, that's, that's fun, but that, really, that show really does feel like it really feels like it slams on the brakes when it's about to resolve anything because it just wants to keep eating its own tail mm-hmm, for infinity. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. That's TV. It does that. But you can't just jump into Umbrella Academy any damn place you please. So sure. even the shows that aren't these self-contained things, they're actually, they're still serialized and they're not, they don't even have the benefit of being self-contained. So I love it. I mean, I'm buying all the way on that and I hope that, mm-hmm. I hope that those Continue to be successful, no doubt. Uh, just real quick, uh, a, a murder mystery series that I loved, and it it was, a, I believe, initially developed for I think maybe Quibi. Remember when Quibi yeah, was going to be the 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 um, but uh, Paula Pell um in the Mapleworth Murders. It's a it's a takeoff on uh, Murder She Wrote sort of thing. Um, and they're insanely funny. Paula Pell, John Lutz, J.B. Smooth, um, really, really funny. I believe it's available on the Roku channel. 
Mm. Um, That's so all now, I but... need is another effing channel. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, they're they're really super short. They're really really funny. Um, all right, here we go. Let me check another thing here. Uh, check chainmail. Uh, all right. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, closure. Okay, so because initially Tickertainment Trent Trager just said closure. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then it came really? up with um, movie series, all movies, movie series, um, and, and television series. Everything has to have closure. Everything is being tied up in a nice little bow. Um, and not everything uh, does everything, do all these series need to have closure? Uh, so I don't know if that's a I'm not that's, sure ticker change from Tracker. Now, don't get mad at me when the when mm-hmm. we piss off the ticker team and Tracker, bad things happen on the movie show, yeah. But but I'm not sure I agree with the premise, so it's hard to know whether I'm bought, quote, buying or selling on this. Perhaps mm. this is would have been a better, uh, what's the one where we're like true or false? <laughs> Hot take. Well, hot takes. Yeah, hot takes. Maybe that's more of a hot. Maybe that's more of a hot take that I disagree with. If that makes any sense. Um, Hell, hey. I'm not buying or selling on either thing. You don't want to ever be. I mean, it sounds like the tickertainment tracker saying everything needs closure now, and that's bad. And it isn't bad. And I think everything it's just, doesn't I think it's need just the closure. trend. I think it's just the trend is is everything is getting proper closure. Well, uh, right, and closure is a term, is a modern psychology term that our generation and definitely future generations really embrace. Um, so you want that feeling. But like I just was demonstrating, nothing really ever ends with these things until it ends. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and closure is hard to actually achieve emotionally. Right. And, right. But narratively, we not even, I don't even see people even really striving for that i do i think the i think the the trend is to keep as many flaming chainsaws in the air as you possibly can and Mm -hmm. that's just it's that doesn't provide closure even if you have the freeze frame at the end of the final episode or whatever where everyone's laughing you it ask yourself what yeah exactly what what are you really getting Mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's super closure. I mean, that's the yep. way other end of the spectrum. But what, what are you really getting? I mean, what did they really right. resolve? What is really solved here? And uh, you know, I don't know. I, right. I, I remember the I remember the series. It, it, this was maybe one of my first examples or my first uh, experiences with it. What was that? That the season or the series finale of uh, Quantum Leap, where. Uh, spoiler alert the uh the whole thing you're gonna spoil it you don't have to spoil it you can say what it was without spoiling it i think uh well they just uh i mean he i guess it's it solved uh, none of the problem we'll just say this it It solves none of the problems of the show and resolves it it, and fails to resolve the central premise of the thing and 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 it it does a whole bunch of other things too that's a really stunning finale um And, and, and that was the first time that I really remember going, what, what? Oh, and, and then, and really having to think about it and then having to come to grips with that idea of, okay, this was not a, this was not a, 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 a pit, you know, and close the, close the bo- back end of the book on it. Right, right, right. Um, that th- this is something that uh, is, you know, and, and it is, 
Um, and that was, that was, I remember just being kind of a, a big moment uh, of kind of discovery of, of how I viewed media, how I viewed television and movies and stuff like that of going about that, you know, that my, my, my brain, my brain, uh, you know, I, I had the little, as I was watching that quantum leap, there was a big black obelisk standing next to me. And I evolved a little bit, I think, as I was watching, um, was uh, Donald <laughs> Belisario's finest moment, the man who brought yep. you NCIS. I mean, <laughs> what a, what a stunning and brave conclusion to that series. It's, yeah. Uh, and to be fair to Donald, the, the the final episode of Magnum P.I. actually is not what you would expect either. But oh, I'm not sure I remember but I, that. I think I just because of the, the nature of what Quantum Leap was, it was a high-concept show, and mm -hmm. it just went balls to the walls. Babylon 5 with its series finale, and it's... it's... All right. But, um, all right uh, last... but it didn't provide you with emotional closure, you know. That's true, I, yeah. And... And you look at something like Lost, which actually resolves itself better than I think people think, but where it really falls down is it spends half of its entire final season desperately trying to give you emotional catharsis. And, and when that stuff starts to fall flat, you really sort of turn against it in its totality. Mm -hmm. And and like I say, I don't, I, I really don't believe that to be the failure everyone says it is because when you, if you took the time to deep dive it, let's say, and you talked about what you've learned and what happened and what's actually going on. It's big stuff. It's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. what you look and feel, that closure that it doesn't manage, really, is the part that stings and it's the part that makes you turn against it. And then you start looking for your plot holes and ranting and railing on the message boards and and then you end up with the thing gets the reputation that it has. So, yeah, yeah. so I guess Ticker Chain and Trey were in that way i agree with you from a uh hot take standpoint yeah they, was, that was they do want I that think... and the reason they want it is because they don't want the discourse to turn batman versus superman on you and even the corporations are aware enough of that, that they don't want that to happen and the artists working on this level they don't want that to happen either so they're mm -hmm. trying to give you emotional closure if not narrative closure. All right. Hey, Ticker Tim and Trend Tracker, can you give us a quick one that we'll have a quick answer to? That would be great. Thank you. Um, okay. All right. Great. Oh, oh this is good. Um, scripted reality TV, where we're getting shows or movies about reality TV. So it's like they're they're like a story of seven kids that are going to be on a reality TV show and blah, blah, blah. you know we're we're seeing some of we're seeing sort of a, going extra meta on that. Are you uh, are you are you bearish or bullish on that? Within reason. Bye bye bye. Within reason. I don't want that to be. I don't want there to be. Yeah. Sixteen shows going on at any given time that's about that, but. You know what I mean? And I think our our efforts to engage in media trends, like something like Ed TV, remember the Ron Howard movie with McConaughey or like those oh, yeah. films, when you look at them now, they look they're, they First of all, they were stupid at the time, so they didn't make a good movie. Ma right. Like Truman Show is a good movie that looks stupid, but but if but at least it's a good movie. So you can revisit that and, and whatever. It, it's still good. Um even if it seems crazy, antiquated, and weird because it's trying to deal with future tech and and storytelling about storytelling, right? So, ah, sorry, yeah. Train Tracker, this isn't a short one. I I, I am <laughs> watching. I am watching the clock, though. Yeah, uh, partner. Um, the the 
so I like that. There was this weird show on uh, ABC or something called Siberia. I watched every episode of it, even though the audiences bailed on the thing after the first episode. But it was it was literally about these people who went out camping on like a survival style reality show, and you know they had a little monolith at the center of their little village that gave them clues and things and stuff that they had to do every day and you had people playing the game and trying to betray each other and stuff and then something <laughs> changed like a meteorite fell and reality went to hell and these people <laughs> these people still had these sort of personalities where they were competing with each other in a situation where they really needed to be trying to save each other and it's not a really good show because it it it, unfortunately, it's each episode, even the ones after the turn, are structured like a reality show. So they, they it just takes too long to get anywhere in the thing. But, but, uh, but I loved it, and and it also has complete lack of closure. It has a total cliffhanger. Wait till you see season two ending, which yeah. which was very clear the, after season three that there would, or after episode two three there would be no season two. No season two. But oh they God, they go that. through this journey. They they're left alone. They're abandoned by the show, by everything, and they gotta travel in the really the most dangerous part of the, anywhere on Earth. To uh -huh. get to some semblance of civilization to save themselves. And when they get there, it's completely abandoned. And they go up to the top of this apartment building because it's the only place in the whole city with a light on. Spoiler alert for Siberia. Now you don't have to watch it. <laughs> um, because there's like this light up Christmas tree in the window. And they get up there and there's nobody there. But the power is on in this unit. And when they come back down and people at this point, people have lost their lives. Things have gone super haywire. The group has been split in half. Um, and they get down and the host of the show is down on the sidewalk and he sees them and it ends with him going, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> so it was, what I'm saying is if you, if you could be patient that. with it, it was, yeah. it was clever, you know? So yeah, you can do that. You can totally do that, but. Mm -hmm. Let's not do that too much, you know? Let's and even, like, too, yeah. the offer right now, uh, the make, sort of the making of The Godfather, that's really extraordinary, but too much of this making of stuff and too much of this sort of, like, the Ryan Murphy sort of biopic stuff with Joan Crawford and stuff like that, some of that's really good. And some of it's dangerous, especially, especially The Crown, now that The Crown is coming into... Mm -hmm present day. day like mm -hmm. how do you do that really those are tricks and and they make me feel icky all right uh, so i don't want too much of that but siberia season two sign my petition <laughs> I, I want I, <laughs> that's a 13 year old show now but i want that back so everybody <laughs> oh i love it yeah. uh can we answer our fan mail uh, uh, in three minutes. Yep. I have a question. Who gave you the right to play God? What the hell's going on out here? Why do I bother? What is the point in doing anything? How dare you? What more do you want from me? I have a question. All right. Uh, Joe Webb, 14 fan. <laughs> An internet legend. It an internet legend it says hey Joel and ryan long time caller first time listener <laughs> um anyway if someone could tell you the exact moment of your death would you want to know it's thematically related to the show don't you think yeah a little bit yeah the future um i'll i i can i can answer that real quick no i don't want to know 
I, I, I don't. I absolutely want to know. Yeah, I. I Quick explanation, I'm, Joel. Uh, because I want I I shudder at the fact that um that there's going to be a giant chunk of my son's life that I'm going to miss, and I don't. You're going to miss it anyway. Know. Why wouldn't you want to know? Because I just I'm trying. Yeah, I do, I don't want to. I I want to you take wanna, in you every main, moment as it Usually, can. when people say no, they want to maintain the spontaneity of their own life. Yeah. And that each thing is its own thing and happening for its own reason and not because of some predestined point on the map where things stop, right? Oh, shizzle. Where me, childless, alone, with little to live for, would love and really, really appreciate having a little time to plan for that event. I really don't mm -hmm. want... I mean, I, I, I don't want to get cancer and suffer. Like, I don't want to make light of any of the ways people go out over time. Um, mm -hmm. but I really don't like the idea of like boom, car accident and I got the rug pulled out from under me and just left everything behind unresolved. So, so ticker time and time tracker, you were right. I need closure. Maybe there I'm willing, I'm willing to consider changing my mind on that. Joe, Joe Webb, 14 fan. Maybe because maybe the circumstances will change. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. but I understand Joel's circumstances, and those are mine, and they're different. And it, it, it gives you, it just shows you how dramatically different your perspectives can be based on that, based on that Correct. other stuff that's surrounding you. Correct. Yeah. Um, all right, hey, that was great. Um, all right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. You can reach out to us at Ask uh, at the Movie Show with Joel and Ryan Page on Facebook at Ask Joel and Ryan on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and. Um, all right, my alarm went off. Uh, and uh, we made it. The, uh, we did it. Uh, and uh, and if you're watching us on YouTube, like and subscribe. And uh, and and we will be back next week with more fun and shenanigans. Thank you all so much. Bye. See you in the future. Thank you for listening to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out. It really does seem long when you have some place to be.